I want winners. I want people that want to win. You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. You got to put your money where your mouth is, Pete. It's not gambling advice. Good morning and welcome to Not Gambling Advice, sponsored by Prize Picks. Use code Just Baseball or code Just Gridiron in order to get a full instant deposit match on the best daily fantasy app. In this episode, I will be giving you my favorite pick for Game 5 of the World Series, as well as my favorite two picks for Thursday Night Football, as well as two of my favorite player props to play on prize picks you can find that link to a full deposit match in the episode description to a quick recap of yesterday because yesterday sucked yesterday sucked no real way no real way around it i took the phillies and they got no hit we took schwarber to go over his fantasy score and although he was inches away from a double and drew one of the walks he did not get there it's a tough road in the world series as anything can happen but i'm confident i can turn the ship around today we have football and baseball on today again plenty of props our regular season record in the mlb is 231 and 191 winning at a 55 percent rate we are currently up 42.05 units in the nfl we are 35 and 21 and 1 winning at a 62 percent rate where we are plus 11.25 units Let's get into MLB first, then we'll talk some football. Houston Astros versus the Philadelphia Phillies again at 8.03 p.m. Eastern. It's Justin Verlander, a righty for the Astros, who's got a 1.75 ERA in the regular season, one in 175 innings, 27.8% strikeout rate, 2.66 X ERA, 2.49 FIP, 3.23 X FIP, taking on Noah Syndergaard, righty for the Phillies, who's got a 3.94 ERA. In 134 and two-thirds innings, 16.8% strikeout rate, 4.43 XERA, 3.83 FIP, and 4.29 XFIP. Both teams have been punched in the mouth the past two days. Phillies trounced the Astros 7-0 in Game 3 to take a 2-1 series lead as massive boos from the crowd rained down on the away team. But the Astros showed their toughness, coming back to win 5-0 yesterday and throwing a combined no-hitter behind Christian Javier and their elite bullpen. It was the first no-hitter or perfect game since Don Larson in 1956. And although it was a combined no-hitter, it doesn't take away from what the Astros did last night. Both teams show what they could look like at their peak, and now they'll play in a decisive Game 5 before returning to Houston. Let's evaluate each facet of the game. Starting pitching. Justin Verlander has an issue in the World Series. Overall, he's not a bad postseason pitcher, recording an ERA near 3 in the ALDS and ALCS in his career. But there is something about the World Series that leads to trouble for him. Verlander has a 6.07 ERA in the World Series in 43 innings. This isn't a large enough sample to fully claim that he can't pitch in the World Series, but at the same time, how can I argue that he'll pitch well today? It's difficult to doubt Verlander, even with his struggles in the World Series. He got bombed in Seattle, then turned around and threw a six-inning masterpiece with 11 strikeouts against the Yankees in his following start. He knows how to make an adjustment, and it's difficult to fathom him blowing up again in a spot where his team needs him to deliver. He's a future first ballot Hall of Famer. As we saw from Christian Javier in the Houston bullpen last night, anything is possible. What we still know here is the Phillies have performed well against fastball slider pitchers, and that's what Verlander offers as well as that curveball. Javier's slider and fastball were more well-located, and at this point might be better overall offerings than what Verlander gives you. But this could be Verlander's last start for the Astros. He's a free agent at the end of the year, so he has every incentive not just to prove the doubters wrong, but to prove he's worth another big payday. This is all the makings of a bounce-back start for him. 
similar to how the Astros bounce back after putting up a goose egg, is assume that the Phillies will do the same after the combined no-hitter. At the same time, you assume Verlander makes an adjustment from the last time he got hit up. I think the Phillies will be able to score, but it won't be at the same level that we saw in Verlander's first outing. Facing off against Verlander will be Noah Syndergaard, who isn't projected to go beyond three to four innings. It's difficult to project how well he'll pitch in a limited outing, but his history against the Astros is solid. In nine and a third innings against the Astros, he put up a 289 ERA. His best out of the season was his first one, putting up five and a third innings of shutout baseball against them. He's allowed three runs and four innings in his last start against the Astros. He'll be sure to have a quick leash today if he gets any any trouble. I lean the Astros. Now, on offense, this one is tough. It's very dependent on what version of each starting pitcher we will get. Will we see a Justin Verlander who makes the proper adjustments? won't really matter how the Phillies match up if he's locating his three pitches. If he's leaving pitches in, in the middle of the zone as he did in the latter part of his start, we see what the Phillies can do, especially at home. What version of Noah Syndergaard will we see? Will we see a rested, adrenaline-filled Syndergaard who is locating five pitches that he throws over 10% of the time? Or will we see a pitcher who just isn't right for this moment? Syndergaard's best quality this season was his command and his ability to limit hard contact. While his XERA of 443 wouldn't tell us that the contact all he allowed was all that soft, we see him in the 79th percentile in hard hit and 80th percentile in max exit velocity. His job is not to strike you out, but to get the batter to get himself out. Another storyline that makes me worry for the Phillies' offense. How well would they have done if Lance McCullers Jr. wasn't tipping pitches? They appeared to have an idea when McCullers was throwing a fastball or a breaking ball and jumped all over him. They scored seven runs against him, but were blanked against the bullpen. They were no hit against the Astros in the following game. This is an offense that feeds on momentum. If they don't get to Verlander early, this could be a long game for them. At the same time, the Astros' offense just hasn't been that great lately, especially on the road. While they did put up five runs last night, it was on the backs of one big inning. After that, Philly's bullpen shut them down, and as they have for the entirety of the series. This game is very, very dependent on both starting pitchers, so I don't really see an offense advantage on either side. My lean is a push. Let's talk bullpens. Both bullpens are not at full strength, but they are pretty close. Due to the postponement of Game 3, both bullpens had an opportunity to rest their best arms. The Astros used three of their best, as did the Phillies, but everyone should be available for tonight's game. Brian Abreu, Ryan Presley, and Rafael Montero threw less than 20 pitches last night, and neither pitched in Game 3. It's fully expected they'll be ready to go with Ryan Stanek also available. Jose Alvarado may not pitch after throwing 22 pitches, but he also didn't throw in Game 3, so we should see him in a lefty-lefty matchup. Sir Anthony Dominguez hasn't pitched since Game 2, and of the high-quality relievers in the Phillies' bullpen threw more than 15 pitches yesterday. Both of these bullpens have been fantastic, and I have no reason to believe they'll allow more than a few runs between them. I will give the slight edge to the Astros, because as well as the Phillies' bullpen has done, there is no doubt about the Astros when you consider their track record as the best in the sport. I lean the Astros. How about the umpire? The umpire for today's game is Jordan Baker, who has some interesting trends. He's much more valuable for the pitcher. Not only does he have an inconsistent strike zone that tends to help the pitcher, but he's been favorable to the under in games where he's behind the plate. According to Action Network, Baker is 53.7% to the under, going 154, 133, and 17. How about the ballpark? Citizens Bank Park again ranks as the fourth best ballpark for hitters by baseball savant factor. According to Ballpark Pal, the environment calls for a negative 1% increase in runs. That's the second lowest of the series so far and very similar to last night's temperatures, which should be in the high 50s. The ballpark in total plays towards the hitter, but the weather certainly does not. My pick. I think this game is a trendy over. We see Verlander struggles in the World Series and we view Noah Syndergaard as the worst starting pitcher in the series. 
but I'm going to go the other way. I truly believe we see a bounce-back vintage Justin Verlander performance. While his World Series numbers are alarming, I don't put a ton of stock into a start that happened in the past. We saw him dominate the Phillies early before the wheels fell off late, and with how good the Astros' bullpen is behind him, I'm assuming he'll have a short leash. Syndergaard's main problem is in the first inning this year. He has a 6-0-8 ERA in the first inning, but then settles down later in the ballgame. If he can get three quick outs, we should see four solid innings before he hands it off to a fantastic rested Phillies bullpen. We have an umpire that leans towards the under, bad weather, and two starting pitchers that I have more confidence in than most. I also find it fascinating that they are offering the first five over at plus money when it is hit in every single game so far. While the first five over is hit in every game, the under is 3-1 in the series. I believe it goes to 4-1, so the pick is Astros versus Philly under 7.5 at minus 110. That is 1.1 units to win one unit. Thursday night football should be fun. Eh, probably not. It is the Philadelphia Eagles. Phillies fans got to be excited. They get to watch their Eagles play the Texans. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know where I'll sit on this game. There's just no no possible way I'm taking the Eagles at minus 14 on a short week on the road. That is against every system that I've ever played in the NFL, and our record speaks to that. I will be on the Texans plus 14. Now, if you can only find it at 13 and a half, where most books I'm seeing are currently now at 14, especially because Brandon Cooks will not play in this game, which is huge. But at the end of the day, we play the numbers here. We know that home dogs of 10 or more are one of the best systems in the NFL. We know that huge favorites, especially on the road, of 10 or more. And this is from John Ewing, who you guys should definitely go follow. He's great for giving... um, where the money is on on BetMGM, and he also gives us some very cool um, trends that he normally likes to drop on his Twitter. So definitely go follow him at John Ewing, E-W-I-N-G. So he gave me a stat again today. Since 2020, road favorites of 13 or more points are 3-10 against the spread. Eagles are minus 13.5 or minus 14. So not only do we have a consistent trend of home dogs of 10 or more, which is north of 60% against the spread historically, we also have a stat where road favorites of 13 or more points are 3-10 against the spread the Eagles are way better than the Texans it's clear I get it but this is a numbers play rather than going into the X's and O's because I'm afraid if I go into the X's and O's I'm going to want to take the Eagles as most of the public is now I understand if you don't want to bet this number if it's too gross of a pick I understand but I will definitely be on the Texans but also another pick maybe this one that might fit better for you I'm going to be on the under 45 and a half um so there's another system here that works for us when you have favorites or dogs of 10 or more you just take the under and it's one of those systems that really really works here not only do we have a prime time under but here's my thinking here if the Eagles who are one of the best teams in the NFL in the first half if they get a big time lead they're going to put their foots off the gas. There's no need to get injured against a Texans team that is just awful. So I'm going to be on the full game under because I really don't see how the Texans are going to score all that much. And then with the Eagles, I think they're going to rely heavily on the run game, right? We just saw Derrick Henry destroy this team. That game finished 17 to 10. I could see a very similar game happening here. Really, what I think it's going to be is a 24 to 14 type game, which puts the total around 38. Um, I think the Eagles are going to score, but I think a lot of it is going to come in the first half. So that's why I'm going to be taking the full game under. We also see a lot of money coming in on the over. You expect the Eagles to put up a ton of points, destroy them. 
And while they might score, I just don't think they destroy them, and I don't think it's as high scoring as some people think. So I will be on the full game under both a unit on each play. Let's get into my favorite player props. Um, we're going to limit the player props because I haven't been as good on them lately. Um, if, if I'm not doing as well, I don't want to give you picks that I'm not as hot on right now. Um, and in the NFL has been our best sport lately in the MLB. We've obviously been solid all year. I'm more confident in my game picks than my props, but I've won in each sport. The first one is kind of around my thinking that the Eagles are just going to run the hell out of the ball. And that starts with Miles Sanders. I'm going to take his over 79 and a half rushing yards, which you can get on prize picks. This number is all over the board. We've seen as low as 78 and a half, but then the number shot up. I should have grabbed it earlier. We've seen this number rising. I've seen 80 and a half. I've even seen 81 and a half on some books, but on prize picks, you can get it 79 and a half. I think they're just going to feed him. It, it could happen on a couple of runs in the first half, but I really think that when the Eagles get up to a decently sized lead, they will just run the football there with Miles Sanders. I'm also going to take Trey Mancini over half a hit. So I was looking into him today because I was perplexed. Why, if he has not gotten a hit, he's barely done anything in the World Series so far, he's projected to play, and he's up for a half base when he hasn't done a thing. I think it's very easy to take his under, but here's my thinking here. Not only is Noah Syndergaard a decent matchup for him, when you look at run value and you see negative six against the sinker and you think to yourself, Peter, why is that a good matchup? That's Noah Syndergaard's main pitch, especially against righties. Why would he, he doesn't hit the sinker that well. You look at the advanced stats, the X slug, the X batting average, much higher, the X woba, all of these quality of contact stats are much higher against the sinkers. Hard hit rate. The sinker is the highest of any pitch against with Trey Mancini. And that's what he's mostly going to see from Noah Syndergaard. I think he gets a base hit. I think he gets a base hit, so I'm going to take his over half a base. I think it's very weird that he's up there, and I actually do kind of like his matchup today. I'm just hoping that they will play him, so be careful. I wouldn't place this until we confirm that Trey Mancini is in the lineup. Also because Diaz, who has been kind of playing in a DH role, has also not done a thing. So I have no reason to believe that Trey Mancini won't play today, but just in case that he doesn't, wait to play this until we see the full lineups and that's probably what i'm gonna do that'll do it for this episode of not gambling advice hope you enjoyed um unfortunately we had a bad day yesterday but you know me i like to bounce back and i like to bounce back heavy we have three picks one is the full game under in the phillies versus astros game as well as texans plus 14 and the under 45 and a half as well as miles sanders over 79 and a half rushing yards and trey mancini over half a base make sure to use code october 15 in order to get some just baseball merch that's the best way to support this podcast as well as our manscape ad is still live you can still get 20 percent off manscape using code nga you can also find that link in the episode description but if you don't want to spend a dime i totally understand if you could give this podcast five stars and if you're on apple Podcasts, leave a written review i would greatly greatly appreciate it but we have to remember that none of this was gambling advice